Rumble last week. Quick local stories online at HumboldtLastWeek.com, KimKemp.com, and on the radio on 99.1 KISS FM Mondays. Connect on social media for more local content and giveaways. Hey, excited to be back here with you. Hope you had a nice couple weeks. All energized, ready to get things going again. So thanks to those of you reaching out to host at HumboldtLastWeek.com. Loving the comments I've been getting. And yes, if you've been enjoying Humboldt last week, please do support our mom and pop partners. Bell Star, a locally owned women's clothing boutique, is undergoing a transformation in 2019. The Arcada store at 863 H Street will be open for two more weeks. Stop by January 14th through the 20th and save 50 to 70% off everything in stock. The Eureka store at 405 Second Street remains open for all your favorites. Bell Star, clothes that fit your life. And Friendale Music Company with shows at the Old Steeple. Check out folk stars Rita Hosking and Sam Feeder, February 23rd. Sweet and catchy Roots Trio Tease Sisters, March 8th. I don't wanna come back down. For tickets, just head to FerndaleMusicCompany.com. And Cafe Nooner in Eureka. Experience fresh, good food cooked to order at Cafe Nooner in Old Town and Cafe Nooner 2 in Henderson Center, Eureka, utilizing fresh local ingredients wherever possible. Locally owned and operated by Lorena and Joe Filgus since 2011. Check them out at cafenooner.com. And Tuya's Escape to Tuya's in Victorian Ferndale for flights of Spanish wine, homemade Mexican food, and vibrant atmosphere. Rooted in food, art, and community, Tuya's is the perfect gathering place for friends, family, and date night. Follow Tuya's on Instagram and visit tuyasferndale.com to learn more. And Bongo Boy Studio in McKinleyville, Jason Kettle has been recording there. Yeah, Bongo Boy Studio shared that on Facebook. The first single from Jason Stephen Kettle called Fester. Check that out online and look into where Jason's been recording at bongoboystudio.com. All right, let's jump into Humboldt last week. Free Wi-Fi now in Old Town Eureka, benefiting things like business and tourism, enhancing the Old Town experience. Wi-Fi in Old Town Eureka available all the time except in the middle of the night. So swipe along, cat video lovers. So the Netflix movie Bird Box was really entertaining. Stars are stunning scenery, Sandra Bullock, a fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, anxiety. Yeah, the movie stars anxiety. Viewed by 45 million Netflix members in the first week. Best week ever for a Netflix film. Go Bird Box. So what does that all mean, Basil? It means huge media outlets are pointing to us for all these beautiful scenes, which means more film crews and more tourism. Uh, the San Francisco Chronicle did a piece about the five under-the-radar cabin sites in Northern California. Humboldt has four of them. They boast about cabin rentals in the Oric area and the Trinidad area. Awesome. Cheers to the Eureka Visitors Bureau for pointing that out. An old-school photo went around of one of Humboldt's earliest settlers, Seth Kinman. 1860s, chilling on a grizzly bear chair he gave the president. He's nationally known as a hunter and entertainer, but also for being absolutely horrible to Native Americans. So, all in all, a pretty terrible guy. So, the journal had their list of dick moves from 2018, highlighting this one that I missed. The KINS radio poll that asked Humboldt listeners, Do you support interracial marriage? So they asked that question. 34% of their listeners were against that. Um, Unverified but likely related, the KINS audience is 34% brain damaged. Not sure how those things are intertwined. It's just the same number. Uh, 
Some sentences commuted by former Governor Jerry Brown, including Diana Preston. In Eureka in 2002, she chased down and shot a guy she wrongly thought had molested her grandbaby. That baby's dad is who she killed. Uh, Jerry thinks she's rehabilitated. Guy Fieri was again an answer on Jeopardy. Contestant was shown a picture of him and at the risk of mistaking him for the singer of Smash Mouth, rung in, got it right. I also like to live dangerously. Robert Durst is a notorious dude. You've heard of him, right? Suspected of many murders, subject of an HBO show, former Trinidad resident, on trial now for a 2000 murder in L.A. And prosecutors want the jury to hear about a case in Texas where he killed his neighbor and chopped up the body, acquitted in that killing after claiming self-defense. Guy lived in Trinidad in the 90s. And yes, we'll see how his trial goes. There's a new baby zebra on that property out near Petrolia. Kim Kemp had this story considering one zebra was shot by a degenerate back in 2017. This is good news. Makes four zebras out there. One of those sweet Easter eggs of Humboldt. Striped Easter egg. A lot of drama about the Women's March. Let me be simple. Original organizers said they're coming up with a new event with more racially diverse leadership. Another group of organizers planned a Women's March January 19th at noon in Eureka. A volunteer at the animal shelter wrote about how certain dogs that don't seem like good fits in their kennels sometimes go home with volunteers for the weekend and show their true personalities very sweet and adoptable so that means more than meets the eye at the shelters and rescues a site called now this looked into hsu's problem regarding homeless students something we've known about for a long time it was a challenge when i went to hsu couple nights in my car there the videos had millions of views they say one in five students at hsu are homeless a hit and run killer needs to be found absolutely needs to be last summer an 18 year old boy was killed in the humboldt hill area officers have the red chevy blazer family just needs help identifying the driver rig hasn't been registered for years so there's a picture of that rig at kimkemp.com Buccaneers writers posted something about Alex Kappa, HSU alum, now playing in the NFL offensive lineman. His limited play at the end of the season gave him experience that'll uh, help him as he heads into the offseason. Quote, the front office surely still has high hopes for him. Pounds of drugs. What do you think was the most confiscated drug by the sheriff's office last year? At number three, over three pounds of coke. At number two, almost 29 pounds of meth. And at number one, in the corner with the droopy trunks and currently nodding off, weighing in at over 34 pounds, heroin. Another not-so-attractive lot in Eureka might get a makeover because cannabis, this one reportedly southbound 101 right before you've been left to Broadway. Two-story building would have like a glass wall so you could see plants growing, solar panels, rooftop garden. Seems interesting. Hatcher does harm reduction. They're backed by the city of Eureka. Stats show their approved practices can reduce disease and overdose rates as they work to get drug users into treatment. Uh, their founder, Brandy Wilson, was featured in a New York Times piece on 18 memorable people the Times met across the country in 2018. Crab season. There's low-quality crab down south. Uh, closure up north. And that prompted the Times Standard to write this headline. Humboldt Harbor may see an influx of transient crabbing vessels with seasons set to begin. Uh, transient crabbers, or as my friend Jose put it, crabigrants. 
She's a former Miss Hoopa and former cheerleading coach. Kayla Brown pleaded guilty to sex acts with a child, 25-year-old, who admitted to crimes that happened in 2014 and 2015. Sentencing is next month. The director was a former Humboldt Last Week guest. The award-winning documentary A River's Last Chance is about the eel. Obstacles like droughts, floods, a limiting dam, as well as the weed and wine industries, all challenges addressed that the eel faces. And that documentary is out now on Amazon Prime and Vimeo. Well, Cruz spent four days trying to find that missing hiker along the Lost Coast Trail. Guy in his 30s from Canada, likely injured and reported missing. His dry bag was found, but not him. Kim Kemp has all the developments. No easy task finding someone out there on the isolated Lost Coast. Some talk about cities that ban cannabis like Fortuna and Ferndale. The Growers Alliance told the paper this, basically, bans stop nothing, and quote, Cannabis is not being bought from legal dispensaries, which means it hasn't been safely tested. These cities are fueling a public health issue, end quote. Well, Murder Mountain, right now it feels like the rest of the world is looking at us, Humboldt County, through the lens of six episodes now out on Netflix. And back on December 20th, I spoke with the director, Josh Zeman. Now, before I play this interview, please note that after I play this, I'll share some additional comments he made to me after we spoke on December 20th, cleared up some things um, that the sheriff's office has said. So let's get this going. Murder Mountain revolves around the dark side of the cannabis industry in the hills here, you know, which can sometimes turn deadly missing people and the wild west sort of dynamic what drew you to these stories well i I think first and foremost you know it's very easy to talk about the dark side of that industry but i think if our show tries to look at both the the light and the dark as much as we can you know i think for every the flip side of the darkness is the light and i think um that's important you know the title may not exactly say you know lightness but there is there is quite a bit of it. You were specifically drawn mostly to the story of Garrett Rodriguez in this series. Is that right? Yeah, you know, Garrett's story is really interesting. I think in a lot of ways, his story is very emblematic of that history. Here's a, you know, a kid who came, and I think he might have been a little bit naive about the real extent of what's going on. And I think he got kind of caught up in a world that, you know, was, was much bigger than him. And I, but I think what was so interesting to me about Garrett's story was the fact that the community kind of came together to kind of right the wrong. And to me, that's really important because, yes, it plays into themes of the Old West, you know, the Magnificent Seven, the guys coming to, like, right the wrong and vigilante justice, not in a hugely negative way, but, you know, just some of those kind of base themes. But... You know, I really was very interested in the Rancho Sequoia community. It was like a legend. And I was interested in, like, getting into the truth behind the legend of that community. And here was a story that allowed us to, like, build up the legend and then kind of break it down. Well, there's going to be a pot of us, you know, that have uh, already started watching this or have already seen it. A lot of us have at least seen the trailer for Murder Mountain, you know, and we live here and we've kind of seen the dark sides of cannabis. Uh, But yeah, you've said, you know, we've also seen the more inviting, community-driven side of this place. People do come together. Was telling this story without sort of making it darker than it really is here a challenge? It is a challenge, you know... 
first of all, I wish we could have made a story that really went into the historical side. I mean, unfortunately, we only had six hours worth of time, you know, but we had wanted to try and really get into, like, the whole historical stuff from, you know, the earliest days to the landers coming to things like Dirk Dickerson up on, um, you know, Harris Mountain, all these just unbelievable stories, um, especially the Vietnam vets and the PTSD, as you see that that, that is a, a storyline that's in the series. So I had hoped we would be able to get into that a little bit more, even the smugglers, theoretically, who went to Afghanistan to bring the indicacies back that helped, you know, create the community and, and the strains that we know today. You know, so there were a lot of storylines that we had tried to get in there. And at the end of the day, people just kind of really loved us. You know, it, it, it was a true crime show, you know, so we kind of really had to drill down and kind of focus on that at the end of the day. But there's so many stories up there. And, you know, I hope all those stories get out. Absolutely. And it can be a sort of jumping off point because you had mentioned you had hoped to get into some additional things. And, hey, maybe there's a chance that you will with, uh, you know, a follow-up series or something like that. It's, it's funny. Some of the folks who, you know, I think there was a lot of nervousness about how we would portray the community. You know, even our trailer is a bit on the sensational side. But, you know, that's um, unfortunately, I think that's a little bit of the business. But I think, you know, it's really about understanding the layers of how that comes to happen. Like, how did the violence come in to happen in the kind of green rush of 96 versus the green rush of 2013, you know, to really understand all these different facets of what's going on. And, and, you know, we're all attracted to the dark side and, you know, I kind of focus a lot on true crime. That was very interesting to me, but I think that there needs to be that silver lining in, in any kind of true crime story. And to me, the silver lining was, really showing the community of uh, Rancho Sequoia not just the negative of Rancho Sequoia, but the kind of positives of Rancho Sequoia. I'm seeing some of that. And, you know, th- let's talk about the most successful Netflix documentary ever. We were drawn to making a murderer and maybe drawn to that sort of darker side, but then you find the light in it and you find these sort of efforts to reverse Brendan Dassey's conviction, despite the fact that that's been challenging for them, um, there are some interesting dialogues happening around the world, not just about the dark side, but about, you know, some of the more positive, how do we move forward aspects of things. So I, would you say that that's, that's possible here, is that people can be drawn in by the dark, but then maybe, uh, you know, come up with some solutions together moving forward? I mean, that's always my goal. Like, when even the other series that I made, like I made a show called The Killing Season, and what I really tried to do is educate people about, you know, the violence against sex workers. You know, we need to understand how opioids mix in with sex work and, and, and what can be done to kind of solve that situation. And we're never going to get around the public fascination with the kind of dark side, but my goal always is to kind of show the dark side and then peel back the layers and show the humanity underneath. It's very interesting that I think, and even the crime that we picked, you know, out of Garrett Rodriguez, you know, here was a kid who went missing and the community gathered around and for whatever their reasons, going to kind of right this wrong. So it's interesting. We always were looking at it like a Western, like a kind of, you know, Sergio Leone Western or kind of one of those 
the searchers or something like that. You know, it was at the end of the day, you may see the, the true crime top, but I think on the bottom, I think you'll understand that it's really about community. You know, you talk about peeling back the layers in the community and these people. We were talking before we started this chat officially. You got a tattoo of the Humboldt Redwoods. You must have been deeply impacted by the people here. Man, I got to tell you, you hear people say, Humboldt calls you. And I believe that. I really, truly believe that. I really just fell in love with everybody. Good and bad. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and I fell in love with all the different types of people, you know, and I fell in love, obviously, with, with how beautiful it is. And I fell in love with how ugly things are in some respects, you know. It's just a wild and fun, crazy place, but, you know, it has a lot of heart, you know, and everybody brings a little bit of that heart, whether it's the rancher heart, whether it's, you know, the Guatemalan trimmer heart, whether it's, you know, the back to the landers, you know, like everybody brings something to the table. And it becomes this really weird melting pot. And and I'm from New York, where it's also a melting pot. And so I really enjoy that. And, you know, it's full of life. And, you know, how can you not be, like, enthralled driving up Alder Point Road every morning on that road? And, of course, it's wicked bumpy. And, yes, you know, it's death-defying at some times. But it's also unbelievably beautiful. And we were there for, man, nine months. And so... Yeah, like we all got tattoos when we when the last night there, you know, because we loved it. And I, and I know that you know that people are very sensitive um, to their communities. Uh, that's totally justifiable. Um, hopefully, people will allow us to share their stories in that way, and we can share that with the rest of the world. I'm sure some people are going to be upset that we didn't tell this story or tell that story, but hopefully, you know, in the totality, we told it close enough right well i mean it really is a melting pot and everybody sort of brings their stories together say you know symbolically at the shanty and that leads to a uh, team tattoo if you will so that's great and after making this documentary say you meet a man or a woman looking to get into the cannabis industry up here what are you telling them go for it absolutely especially humble i understand the legacy the legacy is so rich. I understand the love and the passion for what those people are doing. Um, and that, that passion is evident in everything that goes on. And I love a little bit of the outlaw. We all love a little bit of the outlaw. But at the same time, you know, it's time to bring this industry out of the shadows and into the light because there's so much good to give, you know. And... It kind of does break my heart to know that big business is going to get into that, and I think it's kind of a little bit naive to think that that's not going to happen. But the whole thing is to support those who are banding together. And, you know, it's unfortunate that illegality has broken a lot of those social bonds apart. Their neighbors are skeptical of each other because they feel that they're going to get ripped off because I really wish that everybody just, teams up, you know, and, and fights the good fight because that's part of the spirit of Humboldt County. You know what I'm saying? That's part of the spirit of why these people did what they did, you know? And so it's beautiful. I respect it greatly, and I just want to see that continue. 
Well, we're going to see it continue, and we're absolutely going to see Murder Mountain, six episodes out now on Netflix. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to mention, Josh? I just want to thank everybody in Humboldt for being very generous. Even though that they were skeptical, they still were generous, you know, and they were opening and they wanted to share their stories, and I think that takes a lot of courage. And I think at the end of the day, I think they're going to be excited to just you know, give us a chance and, you know, we'd love to hear from you. So as I mentioned before playing that interview, it was done back on December 20th. And since then, the sheriff's office called Murder Mountain one side of a highly sensationalized story. So in response to that, I did speak with Josh again. And, you know, I told him I'd share what he told North Coast News. So here's his quote. I think they're pretty justified in making sure the community at large understands their role. I think it's important that people really do understand what's prosecutable versus not prosecutable and what you can bring to a DA's office in terms of trying a certain case. I think Sheriff Hansel is probably the best chance that Humboldt has to end the violence and bring Humboldt County into the light from the dark. I think they're doing an excellent job of that. End quote. All that aside, I uh, definitely want to end with this nice quote that I saw on social media. Somebody named Shelley wrote, Humble, happy cows grazing on hillsides by the Pacific, the best produce I've ever seen, art on every corner, and miles of beautiful scenery. I'm thankful I can be a part of the Humboldt community. All right, let's jump to music. You can head to HumboldtLastWeek.com now to listen, connect, and find new music. Fresh on the playlist right now, tracks from White Denim, Opia, and Baby Strange. Yes, new stuff right there from White Denim, Opia, and Baby Strange. Good stuff out there right now. Just head over to HumboldtLastWeek.com, click on New Music, and then, yeah, find that new winter 2018-2019 playlist. If you've been enjoying Humboldt Last Week, please do support our mom-and-pop episode partners, Bell Star in Eureka and Arcata, Ferndale Music Company, Cafe Nooner in Eureka, Tuya's in Ferndale, and Bongo Boy Studio in McKinleyville. My name is Miles Cochran. I love Humboldt. Thank you to Kim Kemp and Redheaded Black Belt for supporting the show, as well as 99.1 Kiss FM on Mondays. If you want links to anything I talked about or you want to talk about anything in the show, please do not be shy. Hit me up at host at HumboldtLastWeek.com. Otherwise, be safe out there, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Humboldt Last Week.